Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of The Medic Philosopher. Last week we talked about Avicenna and his flying man experiment, and it argues that really the mind is separate from the body, but this week we will jump into a similar, a lot more modern conclusion that came about from another thought experiment. Imagine ourselves in the dawn of the 17th century. Well, a famous guy who rejoices in the name of René Descartes starts a debate that we should trust knowledge derived through reason. On the other side, there are some famous Britons arguing that experience is more valuable, and hence the famous rationalism versus empiricism debate. Descartes wrote multiple books, including Passions of the Soul, uh, which was uh, a book that he published closer to his death, where he builds an elegant taxonomy of every passion one may feel, reducing all feelings down to six fundamental passions. Wonder, love, hatred, desire, joy and sadness. Despite his very rational approach to life, he did believe in God. He actually had a very interesting explanation for God's existence. If we have time, at the end of the episode we'll go through it. But perhaps what René Descartes is most famous for is the phrase I think, therefore I am, which we find in his uh, 1637 work titled Discourse on the Method, which was written in French. Je pense dans je suis. Okay, now I've just made enemies with all the French people. I can only apologize for my pronunciation, guys. Please, please have mercy. How did the phrase, I think, therefore I am, come about? Descartes liked to question everything. He would incise a question into many different, smaller questions, and in each step of the way, he would doubt his own thinking and progressively ask deeper questions. That was his way of arriving at basic principles. For example, when it comes to existence, we ask whether or not the world around us exists too. How do we perceive the world? Well, we use our senses, which have failed us multiple times. Descartes thought of it like a dream. What if we are in a dream right now? When we're dreaming, we don't really know that we're dreaming, right? Until we wake up and realize that we were dreaming. What if life is nothing but a dream and we have yet to wake up? In which case, how do we know if anything around us is real? Quote, I feel so manifestly that there are no clear indications by which we can distinguish wakefulness from sleep. End quote. Now, nevertheless, some universal truths are widely accepted, like in maths, for example, 1 plus 1 equals 2. Well, to Descartes, even those should be put in question. And this is his thought experiment that led to one of the most famous quotes in the history of philosophy. What if there is some sort of evil existence, a demon of some kind, whose only purpose in life is to deceive us in believing everything that we do, including that the world around us actually exists? Well, Descartes argues that there is one thing that no demon could ever possibly deceive us of, and that is that we are thinking. Even a deceptive thought is still a thought, right? So, regardless of how flawed, deluded or surreal our thoughts may be, they are still thoughts. We are thinking. And simply arriving at the realization that we are thinking, we therefore must exist. It goes a lot deeper than that when we consider the origin of our existence, and then the origin of our origin, and so on. Is it God? Does God exist? I'm just going to briefly mention two theories that uh, to Descartes prove God's existence, but I'm sure you will be skeptical. 
Going through the card's work myself, I was confused, but I think Stephen West does a good job summarizing. First, let's start by saying that to Descartes, there were two forms of reality for everything, a formal and an objective reality. So if God existed, he would have an infinite form of formal reality. A thing, say a spoon, has a finite form of formal reality. And finally, qualities of things like how hot or cold something is or the color of that thing have a lesser, um, modal formal reality. Now, on the other hand, um, ideas have varying levels of objective reality. Ideas related to God have infinite objective reality, those related to a fork have finite objective reality, and the quality ideas, so those re related to how hot or cold the spoon is, have modal objective reality. Assuming God always existed, independent of time, so eternal, and also that he cannot be physical because he gave birth to the physical things, he has to be spiritual, we understand God as being infinite. So the idea of God had an infinite objective reality, and therefore God exists. The ancillary argument laid out prior to Descartes was actually the ontological argument. Well, let's assume God is that thing of which nothing greater can be conceived. We can conceive an infinite, perfect being, and most of us would agree that existing in reality is at least slightly better than a form of existence that merely happens in thought. Remember, we made the assumption that nothing greater of God can be conceived, and we value reality more than thought, so this infinite perfect being must therefore exist in reality, and therefore God exists. Okay, maybe you lost me there, I certainly have. I hope that by listening to this podcast again, this can make more sense. But as I'm sure you have identified, there are several limitations to these thought processes. Firstly, why should two realities exist? Following on from that, why should we value ideas less than reality? Also, not all cultures believe in a creator whose form was infinite, right? But this is getting rather confusing, so I'm going to spin this around and add the limitations that René Descartes' thought experiment imposes on dream analysis. Scientists believe that dreams help in some form or another to store important memories and get rid or repress unwanted bad memories, burying them into the unconscious, if you will. Sigmund Freud, the father of psychoanalysis, many years later at the turn of the 20th century, we split dreams into two categories depending on their contents. So the day residue, that is those stemming from our experience that day, and those from past memories. For Freud, sleep is best when dreamless. For him, dreams only function to keep you asleep, um, guarding you from interaction, but also as a pressure valve, allowing repressed things from our unconscious to be displaced into more acceptable displays, hence why in dream analysis, the therapist would first listen to the dream, and then, during the second time, if the patient repeats the dream, the therapist would try and ask them what the places meant to them, who the characters remind them of, etc. etc. Which begs the question, if we are indeed living in a dream, where did those memories come from in the first place? A dream of a dream? And what started all this? I don't know if Freud or Descartes would agree on some common ground, Perhaps an alternative explanation to dreams is more appropriate, say that of Carl Jung. 
Carl Jung thought of a dream more like a drawing board or a canvas for thought building. It was the creation of a thought that you can, when awake, bring to fruition. Enough about dreams though, let's make a few final remarks on the card and hopefully point out why he was a lot more than simply the guy who said I think, therefore I am. In his quest of finding the truth, Descartes values reason over experience. Here we can debate that human reason has its own limitations, but perhaps experience is even more biased. And after all, we shall make use of something to fulfill our curiosities in life. As the ancient Greeks would argue, an unexamined life is not worth living. Descartes made a very nice simile when it comes to justifying why he doubted everything. He wasn't just being negative, you know. Think of a large barrel full of apples. Some are rotten. Now, to Descartes, you would be a fool if you went about trying to sort the good from the bad ones, one by one. Because you may miss a rotten one, and subsequently, the whole bunch can go off. Similarly, one biased thought is enough to spoil our entire mind. And on that, I'd like to close this episode by pointing out that all the great philosophers we have discussed so far have talked about the world, feelings, nature, existence, abstract things in many ways. Contrast that to the modern world, where you turn on the TV in the morning and all you hear about is gossip, the lavish life of the famous, etc, etc. So here is my question. What if, instead of thinking and talking about others like we do, we spend most of our time and energy thinking on the very things that concern the great philosophers of the world? Well, I think that we would feel a lot more inspired and certainly less envious and inadequate than we do nowadays. What do you think? Thank you for taking the time to tune in, and I hope you found the show interesting and motivational. This is The Medic Philosopher. Until next time!